Welcome to Christmas Clatter, the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Email us at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. Hi, welcome again to Christmas Clatter. I'm Todd Killian. This is a special Friday bonus episode for you guys. It is the Friday before Thanksgiving. We are just we are just trucking along through November like it's not even there. I have a great guest for you, actually two of them, and I won't talk here very long, but I have uh, Johanna Jones. She was a standout on American Idol. She released a mini album of five Christmas songs, and she joined us along with her husband, Matt, to talk about her music and their life as a newly married couple enjoying Christmas. After I talk with Johanna and Matt, stay tuned, and I will have a review of her mini album titled It's Christmas Time. So here's my Christmas conversation with Johanna and Matt. All right, joining us here on Christmas Clatter is uh, Joanna Jones, who has a new uh, Christmas album out for 2020, and uh, her husband, Matt, is kind enough to join us as well, and uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Oh, man, this is exciting. Now, Joanna, let's start with you. You have this new album out, and it's, it's, I think you've referred to it before as like a mini album because it's, it's five songs, four of them are original. And I'm a, I'm a Christmas guy. I've, I've loved Christmas ever since I can remember. My mom was a Christmas crazy person as well. One of these songs is a cover, but if you would have asked me, I would have thought they were all original because. <laughs> yes, I did. One of my, uh, the song that's a cover is definitely a more obscure Christmas song. Most people don't know it. So. Yeah. And I tell you what, I I love that because it's not often I'm surprised by a Christmas song that I haven't heard before. And uh, so, so good job on pulling that one out uh, of your hat. Is that one, is that one you grew up with or one you heard somewhere along the way in your musical journey? Yes. So when I was a kid, my mom listened to the John Gary Christmas album. Um, In fact, we had it on record for a while. So I, it was just, I mean, that, that Christmas sound, not to mention like that crackle of the record while mm-hmm. it's playing, um, just felt like Christmas. It reminds me of Christmas and, uh, that one of the songs, the one that I covered was on that album and it was my mom's favorite. And she had a little, uh, little snow girl figurine that she bought because of that song. And so it was one that was sort of embedded into my childhood. And I thought I'd bring it back cause nobody knows it. So. Right. That's fantastic. You said John Gary? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to look for that vinyl now. I am a Christmas music vinyl collector. I have a whole, you can't see it here, but over here I have a whole shelf. I had to build my own shelf to hold them because I couldn't find one in the store. So <laughs> I will I will start hunting I that. Yeah, I, I recommend will. a very Christmas yeah, Christmassy little, album. Little mm-hmm. Snow Girl by John Gary. It's, it, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I I did not grow up with it. Johanna introduced me to it as well. And she was kind enough to, to have me on that song as well. So it's, oh. it's pretty. Yep. Well, that's why it's so great. It's Cause you're on there. 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. True. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but you know, it's uh, <laughs> I was I was happy happy to join. <laughs> oh, I, I know how it is. You just you're just happy to help anyway. So yeah, of course. My my wife is an an artist. She's not a musical artist, but she's a painter and and she's really good with the paintbrush. In fact, the signs up above me are, are ones she hand painted, and oh, wow. uh, and uh, and she does all kinds of great things. And I'm just I'm just the guy that uh, likes to help out. I can't do any of that stuff. I I can't even paint a wall, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah, just happy to help any way I can and and things. Uh, <clears throat> The little snow girl was a uh, was a uh, cover that you pulled out from from your childhood. Let, well, walk us through the rest of the songs that that you wrote. What was that process like? Because I'm always interested in. I'm a music fan anyway. Christmas or not Christmas, I I, I dabble a little on bass guitar. I've been playing bass guitar in church for 23 years now, and and just fascinated with music, any and all wow. kinds of music. And songwriting is is something that I'm not great at, at by any means, and it just fascinates me how someone could take a seed of an idea and turn it into something, and especially Christmas songs because I want to tell you, I don't compare artists with other artists. Like this person sounds like this somebody. I compare the song with how it makes me feel. So it's if I listen to a song and it makes it, it might give me a similar feeling that another artist does. And when I first listened, the first song is It's Christmas Time. And that song, I fell in love with it instantly because it made me feel like I was listening to Karen Carpenter in The Christmas Portrait. That was what I was going for. Well, that makes me feel good. That was my goal. Well, mission, um, mission yeah, accomplished. I, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, going through the album... It was a very tricky uh, project to take on. So it all started with, um, so I studied commercial music in school, um, production and studio engineering. And for my big capstone project to finish out college, I basically had to do, uh, I got to pick whatever I wanted that showcased sort of what I learned. And I knew a lot of my other classmates for their capstones were doing albums. And I thought that would be a really great thing. I could showcase my songwriting, production skills, everything kind of wrapped into one. Um, but I thought, I don't want to do just an album. I want to do something unique that'll challenge me. So I thought Christmas, like everybody needs Christmas music. Um, and this was about four years ago, actually. So I've had these songs for a while. Um, but I first wrote, and I actually put them in order of what I wrote. Um, except for Little Snow Girl, I put right in the middle to break yeah. it up. But I started off with It's Christmas Time because I thought what's, you know, the best thing to start with is a song about what it feels like at Christmas time. Like all of the cozy feelings and bringing the imagery of Santa and Jack Frost and and snow and sleeping. And, and I don't know, I just wanted it to feel warm and and cozy like it's snowing outside and so that one actually came along pretty easy and then after I was done with that song I had nothing in my head I was like <laughs> I got the the main thing I was thinking about and follow that star came next and I remember sitting at my piano just plunking notes and I was frustrated and I just sort of like started playing the same thing and I got this 
beat in my head and that this rhythm of like follow that star and it just sort of developed and I thought oh follow that star it could be about the nativity it could be about the the wise men and then in the next verse I could talk about shepherds and then it just kind of came together the last verse could be about everybody and it sort of moved and developed and then I knew that I wanted to take it more of a gospel direction after that because uh, you can't have a song about praising without a gospel choir mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. that developed and then uh warm and safe is mary's lullaby this one i had about three weeks left until my project was due and i could not i kept thinking all the christmas songs are done like they've been written i can't think there's nothing left in me and it was about three o'clock in the morning and i was hunched over my piano and all of a sudden the statue um, Michelangelo's statue of La Pieta mm-hmm. of Mary when she's holding Christ after he's been crucified. Uh, that statue popped into my head, and in ten minutes, the entire song was done. I just it sort of poured out of me, and I, I that one there wasn't much of a process. It just all of a sudden was there, and it's a very it's probably my favorite song I've written. Um, I wrote it to kind of transition from beginning to end of Mary as she would hold him as a child would still sing the same lullaby that she would sing to him uh, after he's been crucified, just because no matter what, like she's his mother. So I just wanted to kind of transition it of, of mother's love and how it's never changing. Um, and then Santa screwed up. Now this one I wrote two days before my project was due and I really just, I could not, I don't even remember what I was thinking. I just remember thinking, I guess like if Santa didn't bring somebody what they wanted for Christmas, that could be something. And then Santa screwed up kind of came to my mind and it just evolved from there into this quirky song about Santa not bringing the guy that you want or whoever, you know, for Christmas and uh, definitely pulled that one out of nowhere. So, you know, there you have it. There I have my songs. And then recently I, I'm not a great uh, producer. I, I can do a little bit and, um, but I, I just, I couldn't do it the way that I wanted it done. So I worked with one of my friends up in Utah uh, his name's Gavin, and he was the one who produced all these this last year and really made it everything that I had in my head. So yeah, he he was really great. He um one of like the cool things about the album is it's really all real instruments. It's something that yeah, we weren't really even like. Pl- I mean, like you'd hope you could get it like that, but you know, he really was able to coordinate like a bassist and full choirs and, and full Drums. orchestras and full, you know, like it really worked out so well to, to have everything done really professionally and not, so it doesn't sound like we just made it in our basement, but it sounds like it's a, mm-hmm. um, a real produced album, really high quality there. Yeah. And not to mention with Christmas songs, you need those live drums yeah. and the, especially to get that cozy Christmas mm-hmm. feeling, you need the live instruments to add a little magic. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the big process. Um, and then, of course, uh, 
when we were recording Little Snow Girl, we contemplated a lot about who was going to sing the duet part with me. And uh, I just thought, oh, we should have him sing because <laughs> it would be fun to be able to work on something with my husband. So <laughs> he got to be a part of a project with me. And that was pretty fun. No, it was, it was fun for me, too. It was it's it's nerve-wracking i mean for all those people out there who are trying to record songs like johanna can like bust it out first take and it sounds incredible and don't get me wrong i think i'm a pretty good singer and i was like man if i'm singing this live it sounds good but when you hear every single thing on a recording it's it's nerve-wracking like i'm just just getting so nervous and like if i'm not on like the exact right timing we just start over and, and i'm like worried about wasting people's time and all these other things yeah. um but it's it's a hard process but it um I'm glad that I, I feel like I sounded pretty good when I finally ended up um, on that on that last take. But Johanna, she really on each one of the songs, like it's just like the first or second take. She can just kill it every single time, except for Mary's Lullaby, because that one's hard to to get through for her. I mean, it, like tears and things might come out, and then you have to kind of redo it because you don't exactly want a, a crying take right. <laughs> when you're going. Right, that's good for a live performance, but when it's on the the album, it. Of course. <laughs> I'm like I said. I'm always interested in Christmas songwriting because you want to get the message of the song that you're trying to put in, but you also have to throw in Christmas elements to make it a Christmas song. So it feels like sometimes that could kind of tie your hands behind your back a little bit, or or things like that. So when you sit down to pin the lyrics, like I really like Santa, you screwed up mainly because it's it's a take on a Christmas song I haven't heard before. You know, it's it's like, oh, come on, this is kind of rotten. You're not, you know, things aren't working out the yeah. way they're supposed to kind of thing, you know. And uh, so so that's, a, you know, a little bit different take, a little bit different uh, story, if you will, that, that I hadn't heard in a Christmas song. So well, how'd you find that balance of getting a song? Because you could write a song like Santa, you screwed up, and it'd be a lot easier if you didn't have to involve Christmas or Santa Claus. And kind of had the same same message. So, how'd you find that balance of making it Christmas, but still making it, you know, a, a song about relationship? You know, with that one, I mean, the balance is tricky. I think coming at it as I know that this has to be Christmas. So, what would I feel at Christmas time? Um, just kind of approaching it with. Uh, a Christmas mindset of I'm just going to pretend like it's Christmas time right now. And I'm going to pretend like it's, I don't know, Christmas Eve. Like, what would I want? What would I like write about? And, uh, and you know, everybody thinks, I think in the end, writing about a relationship was easier and less cliche than writing about an item mm -hmm. or an actual gift that I would have wanted. But I also think that it makes it kind of come across, um, you know, quirky and, um, I don't know. Like I just, yeah, that's a, it's a difficult question. Like mm -hmm. finding that balance and and sneaking just, in those instruments as well. Like you know, sneaking mm -hmm. in the the sleigh bells where you can, and some of those right. those instruments you're expecting yeah. in there. Those little sounds that are associated with Christmas, whether it's that you know the those piano beats or little electric guitar riffs or those little uh, mm -hmm. saxophone runs. <laughs> um, but it really just tries to try try to bring out that Christmas spirit in the song. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I think the biggest thing is, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Um, I think the biggest thing is just coming up with that line. I, I usually, I tend to write the hook before anything else. So the, the line or the hook of Santa, you screwed up like that just 
you've got your song right there and it just sort of form it forms around that one that one line of santa screwed up how did santa screw up and then from there you can incorporate christmas pretty easy because mm-hmm. it's santa and you're singing to santa like okay what's the deal um and you can bring in as many christmas things as you want to and um i felt like it definitely unlocked the door so yeah that line was key santa screwed up yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things i always judge new christmas music on especially originals and i absolutely love it when when artists put out original christmas music because they're really taking a, a leap because there's so many established canon songs for Christmas, you know, that will never be dethroned as the top songs, you know, like, you know, most yeah. wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. It's always going to be, you know, a pinnacle song and, and things like that. And so to, to put yourself out there in a Christmas song and it seems like it's more able to be kind of rejected it's the hardest word, but kind of lost in the mix because people around Christmas want to gravitate to the familiar. So the one thing I do when I listen to to artists that put out original Christmas songs um, more so than than their covers of Christmas songs is is I'll sandwich it in between some more familiar songs like on my playlist just to see how well it fits and right away the, and I got to give you all the credit in the world right away all five of these songs feel like they've set my playlist forever and I just love that <laughs> because you know there was no like notice you know noticeable difference between the songs as far as the feel of christmas and things like that and and that's something i do with with just the original songs that people have you know the, the covers are the covers and and uh, you know people take their different you know megan trainer just came out with a new album and she's got some covers that she's done she megan trainerized i, I would say and, and they're they're fine but you know but like the original stuff you know i've done it with her original stuff and, and yours as well it's, it's like it just seems like it all fits you know, and, and that's, that's, that's when, you know, you know, you've really hit the Christmas nerve for me anyway. And then that's when I'll bump those original songs to the top of the playlist to, to get to them more often. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Don't get me wrong. I've, I, I still love all the, the staple songs of Christmas time, but I only really well, listened. Yeah. I only really listen to them now, the closer we get to Christmas, you know, and right. then, yeah. and then the originals that, that, people have that aren't as well known uh i i save those for for year round because i'm one of those that will listen to christmas whenever i feel like yeah. it. it doesn't matter when it is i mean i guess you don't have a christmas podcast if you're not doing that but uh, yeah. um, and, and i will say that was something when i was writing the songs is i wanted i i think my goal with these was to approach them again like i was saying before as a christmas song and not as a pop song that just happens to mm-hmm. be about christmas that's something that always bothered me about a lot of new christmas songs is i would listen to them and think i would never know this was a christmas song mm-hmm. unless they said the word christmas three times yeah but otherwise there's it doesn't give me the atmosphere i don't think of christmas it just sounds like a a song but it just happens to have christmas thrown in there and i wanted these songs to really be not just about christmas but feel of christmas mm-hmm. was my goal so that makes my heart happy to know that that you felt like they fit and felt like christmas too so uh, they most definitely fit they are they are excellent songs and 
and for my listeners, uh, towards the end of this episode, I'll be playing some, uh, a few of the samples of some of the songs for them to get, get it in their ear so they can go and, and find it and stream it and buy it and, and do all those wonderful things. And, uh, <clears throat> and I encourage each and every one of you guys to do that because it, this music is wonderful and it'd be well worth your time. And, and it's definitely something you won't regret and, uh, find Joanna and make sure if it's on, uh, Amazon or anything like that, you give her a five-star review because that helps push her songs up to the top of the lists. And uh, I always encourage everybody to do that. If it's a, if it's a movie or a song that you like, you know, it doesn't take nothing to click five stars and, and help them out and things. But I want to yeah. talk to you guys. We'll, we'll circle back to the music here a little bit, but I want to talk to you guys um, because <clears throat> Joanna, you were on American Idol and so were you, Matt. And uh, tell us about that journey. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a it's one of the more memorable moments of American Idol in the past couple seasons, and uh, uh, tell us about that and about that engagement. Yes, so yeah. of course, um, when I was on American Idol, I during Hollywood Week was singing a song, and when I finished, Matt, who was my boyfriend at the time, <laughs> uh, showed up out of nowhere, and it's funny. It, especially going back and listening to those interviews. Like I remember them asking me before I went on stage, uh, they were asking me some questions and I remember thinking that they were poking at my love life a lot. And I was like this, I don't know if they want me to talk about Matt. So I was trying to be like super hands off of, Oh yeah. Like I love my boyfriend. Like he's great. I wish he was here. Like, yeah, I, I he's proud. And they were asking me like, do you think your boyfriend would be proud of you? And I'm like, yeah, like I think he'd be proud of me. Are you sure you want me to just keep talking about it? Like, I'm sure there's other things you want me to talk about. Little did I know that he's down like in the basement waiting to propose. So I, I feel like my, interviews weren't quite as lovey as like I actually felt but I was like I they're asking a lot I don't know if they want me to just blab on about my boyfriend but um and a lot of people ask I mean everyone asks like or asks or even just says like oh yeah it's like super scripted it was not it is the most far thing from script that I could imagine um, for, I mean, the, the very quick version of the story is I was honestly just in my school library at about one in the morning and uh, Johanna was already down at Hollywood week and it really was my finals week and my, all of my finals started that next day, you know, mm-hmm. so it's one in the morning, like I had eight hours on my first final. <laughs> and uh, anyways, I was kind of sitting there. I already had a ring. I knew I was going to propose the next month or two, um, mm-hmm. but I'd already bought the ring. And, and so I was kind of waiting. I was going to do something in San Francisco. But I just sent an email. I kid you not, it was just a PR person at AmericanIdol.com or something. It was like it was just like an email I found on the internet, like because I didn't want to ask Johanna for a producer's contact because obviously she'd know something was up. So I uh, I just sent an email to a PR person, and it was after my first final that morning. I had a couple like a bunch of missed calls and some voicemails saying like, "Hey, yeah, uh, you said you could propose tomorrow. Like if you can make it down here, we want to do it." <laughs> and so I. I then had some calls to some producers and it was very under the radar, even for mostly American Idol employees. Like it was only a few showrunners, a few producers who even knew about it, but they, uh, they even made call and said, Hey, if you can make it down here tomorrow, like we will, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll give you the footage. We'll do everything to, to make sure that this happens. We're not going to tell anyone. We're not going to tell the judges. We're not going to tell, <laughs> like no one's going to know. It's just going to be like the showrunners as well as like the cameramen. So they know to focus on you coming out. Um, but it's, it was not scripted. I honestly drove down. So I was in Utah at the time and I drove 
uh, through the night really to get there the next day. And I waited in the basement all day while they're doing the, the that, that was the final round of Hollywood week. And, uh, yep. and yeah, it was just kind of funny. Like even like Katy Perry and, and Lionel Richie, Luke Bryan, like they were like walking by my little basement, just kind of like, why is there someone in this room? You know, like, mm-hmm. but no one knows who I am while I'm just kind of sitting down there waiting for my time. Um, and I was nervous. I was so nervous. And it shows like in the American Idol clip of, kind of like a showrunner guy like pushing me on stage that's really how fast it was where like, go get out there you know, like, yeah. oh my gosh like you gotta get out there like honestly the only thing they told me was all right there's like a little x on the stage if you can stay close to that x because we have like four cameras pointed to that spot and that was like it that was like the only advice like i don't even think they said like how long to go like in my mind i was thinking i don't want to go too long because i don't know how much they can include but like mm-hmm. no one's no one said like what to say they just were like all right go to the x and that was pretty much that was pretty much the only instruction. Um, and Johanna's parents did not know as well. Uh, no one in the audience knew. No, like, no, It was very much under the radar and it worked uh, very well from my perspective. I was so glad she said yes because I was thinking, man, this could be like the biggest like TV fail of all time when he gets up there and she says no or like I trip on stage during the proposal. Man, it was, uh, it was pretty nerve wracking. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I remember watching that. I'm a, I'm a, I've been an American Idol fan since the the beginning. I'm, I was there at yeah. season season one when it was a, uh, it was a great season and and a great winner for season one. But the, I've I've watched a few of the clips from there. And it was kind of more of a karaoke contest. The talent has really grown uh, for yeah. that show <laughs> yeah. uh, quite a bit. And uh, and I remember watching it. In fact, when after we've been in contact, I came home and told my wife. I said, uh, uh, Joanna, that was on American Idol. You know, she's got a new Christmas album. I think she's going to be on the podcast to talk about it. And she goes, which one was that? And I said, the one that got proposed to, she goes, Oh, Oh, I remember that, you know, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, we were excited because uh, we had had seen it and, and uh, it was a real special time. And uh, I don't know, but uh, like I said, I've watched American Idol through the years and I don't want to turn it to American Idol story, but it's like the first set of judges I really liked, but then when they started rotating the personalities around, it, it kind of lost yeah. a lot. And it seems like this set of judges with the uh, line on Katie and Luke, that they've really found something again, that, that works. And, and, and from everything I've read and heard, I, th- I think they're as, as legit as they seem on, on TV and, and oh, yeah. yeah, it's not personal. I think. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Well, Johanna can talk about how, you know, Lionel was really, uh, really helpful for like all the contestants. But even after the proposal, like Luke Bryan, every time he saw us around, like he would. <laughs> he loved Matt. He would come up and like give a, like, you know, just like give a side hug. Like, this is the guy. Or like, you know, like he'd, he'd be like heckling Johanna or something like that when she's yeah, walking he, by. He, I walked by and, and he came up and gave me a big high five and he's like, you got yourself a bow. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no, they, they, they do genuine. walk around and, and do converse with, with everyone. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. Yeah. It's hard. Impressed. It's hard to fake. It's hard to fake authenticity. It really is. It, it just, yeah. uh, it'll bubble up from the surface. One thing I also want to talk to you guys about, this is your second Christmas together as a married couple. And one thing that always interests me is, uh, is people that are married, you know, each had your separate families who had, you know, traditions that were similar and then some traditions that were different. So uh, I don't know if you guys ever thought about it very much, but how did you guys kind of fuse your family traditions together as, as the Matt and Joanna family, as opposed to your family with your parents? 
That's a good question. So I've actually, our first Christmas we spent with my family. Uh, this Christmas will be with his. I've never ever spent a Christmas away from home. So this year will be my first Christmas away. So maybe for me, I'll get to really experience the different traditions. Yeah. Um, but for Matt, like Christmas I'm sure. Eve and Christmas Day traditions at least. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that Matt has some that my family does that are different. <laughs> well, I mean, I think first off, like I think one of the biggest things we realized was a, uh, there was a Christmas tree. So last year for Christmas, I was like, all right, so like, where are we going to go to pick out our Christmas tree? And Johanna's like, oh, like a real tree? I've never had a real tree. And it's like, wait, you've never had a real tree? Because like my family, like we never don't have a real tree. You know, like maybe we, uh, like, we have a fake tree as like a backup, but you know, we always had a real tree. And so we had a real tree last Christmas for Johanna's first time. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, this is going to be special. This year we did go with a fake one that, you know, try and rope ourselves I needed in. Christmas early yeah. and they didn't have any living ones at the store well. yet. So I had to settle for a fake one this year. Yeah. It's This has been up for weeks now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny. I know like, so going to Johanna's family last year where, um, yeah, it's just funny. Some of those little Christmas traditions that her family always did of, of, you know, like presents in the morning, things like that, where my family, we have like a big Christmas Eve celebration the night before mm-hmm. and, and, you know, do like a nativity scene or do like a talent competition. And, um, yeah, no, and it's, it's funny, like the, the meals are different and, and how we do things is different. But yeah, I think one of our, our first big ones was the Christmas tree moment where we realized, oh, wow, this is, we're coming from like two separate places here on, on how we celebrate Christmas. Um, although I think most of our movies were the same um, as far as like the ones we'd always watch every year. Mm-hmm. So I think we had most of those bases covered. We're big fans of, uh, big fans of A Christmas Story, both big fans of Elf. Um, White Christmas is one I didn't grow up with as much as Johanna did. So that's one that she kind of introduced me, introduced me to of, mm-hmm. of White Christmas every year. I won't say White Christmas is my favorite because I do think that White Christmas is sort of like those songs I was talking about where it's not really a Christmas story. It's a story and they mm-hmm. happen to have Christmas at the end. Yep. But it's still fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I think overall and, you know, our Christmas music taste, I think Johanna, hers is much more... Uh, I don't know, how do I say this? Like, even for Christmas music, Johanna has, like, the the hard 50s, 60s, the mm-hmm. classics all really down, where I feel like for my family, it was, I mean, still plenty of the classics, but I feel like we're more like the 80s Christmas songs, mm-hmm. like the the Beatles after their prime Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And Johanna was definitely more of the the John Gary and, you know, a lot of those old and The Carpenters, and uh, we also listened to the Harry Simeon Chorale mm-hmm. every <laughs> year, my favorite, so... A lot of those kind of homey uh, Christmas songs. Luckily, we both like eggnog, though. So that one was like, yeah. oof. that lets me know that the marriage working if you're uh, if you're sharing eggnog together. <laughs> that's that's good to hear. I'm an eggnog fan myself. That's my Christmas drink of choice. So yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that that's cool. Um, yeah, we've uh, I always grew up with a real tree, but we ha- we decorate so much that they have to go up early. And you just can't have a real tree up that early. They'll just be too dry and too much of a fire risk uh, to put up. So we yeah. have to go. This tree, this tree behind me stays up year round. I don't ever take it down. And yeah, and, uh, there you go. It's it's like my little Christmas cave. Of, feel some solitude. In fact, I've, I've told this story before in the podcast. Uh, I decided to put this tree up on Super Bowl Sunday this year, kind of before the pandemic and everything. Just felt like I needed a Christmas okay. tree up. I was you know, Christmas yeah. is over, but I was kind of missing Christmas in the season. And so I thought, you know what? I'm, the Super Bowl is cool and all, but I'm not all that into it this year. I'll, I'll just kind of have it on. I'll 
put up this tree, I put up this tree and, and had it up for a while. And then, then the, the pandemic hit and I deliver mail for a living. So I was out and about, I didn't get to stay home like a lot of people did and having to be out. And we weren't sure at the time we weren't sure anything about it. So it was kind of, you know, lack of information kind of makes you a little bit scary and stuff. I remember I, I, I come home and I was just like wore out from not want to drag this home to, to the wife and the kids and that kind of thing. So I came, th- so I came in here and, and turned on my tree. And like I said, before I collect vinyl records, I pulled out uh, uh, Vincent Giraldi trios, Charlie Brown Christmas on vinyl. And I flipped that record yeah. over, you know, four times. I just kept spinning it and just let that, that music just kind of wash over me. And that, you know, just Christmas brings that sense of peace, you know, just thinking about yeah. Christmas and letting that music, you know, just kind of, settle my, my spirit down a little bit. And I get what you're saying about the songs and gravitating towards, you know, some of those uh, classic crooners and things. There's just, they just hit a chord that's kind of irreplaceable, you know, at, the, at this moment yeah. and stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well guys, I've loved having you on and Joanna, please don't stop making Christmas music. I know you probably don't want to be known as a Christmas music only artist, but Honestly, if that was my legacy, I think that I would be happy with that. So. <laughs> well, because the, these songs are fantastic. And, and I'm not just saying that because you were kind enough to come on Christmas Clatter. I, I legit think they are. There's been people that send me stuff that I've, but if they don't really kind of touch me in the, in the Christmas feels a little bit, then I, I kind of, because I only want to present, I only want to present stuff to my listeners that I I feel confident in that, that, you know, I can stand up and say, this is worth your time and and worth your effort to find out. And, and these songs are definitely that, and, and you should be so proud of them. And uh, I wish you much success in them and let everybody know where they can find you and find your music at. Yes. So you can find me. My, uh, my main thing is, is Instagram at Johanna Lynn Jones. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, Johanna Jones music, and you can find my music on any streaming platform, Amazon prime, uh, Spotify, Apple music, iTunes, Dieter, Dieter. I mean, really any streaming platform you just look up johanna jones and it should pop up yeah that's Um, that's j-o-h-a-n-n-a johanna mm -hmm. jones yep um and uh of course you can look up johanna jones it's christmas time and the album should show up uh nice and easy yeah yeah it is is, is streaming everywhere i looked on spotify and on youtube music and on uh google music even though it's going away at the end of the year but it's it's still there and uh, Apple Music and Amazon as well. And like I said, guys, uh, go take a listen. Leave her a five-star review and, uh, and check her out. And all her links and information will be in the show notes. So that way, if you're driving or unavailable to take those down, you'll just be a tap-tap away if you open up the show notes. And also stay tuned, and I'll be playing, playing you some of her music. Matt, Joanna, thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you so much for having us. Merry Christmas. As you can tell that uh, Matt and Johanna are just sweet people and I wish them all the success in the world with her music and in life in general. Uh, But let's talk about her mini album Christmas Time. Johanna breaks into the world of Christmas music with a delightful mini album. Contains five well-produced 
and written tracks. Four of these songs are originals with one cover. Opening the mini-album is a song, Christmas Title, which immediately gave me the same feelings of comfort and warmth as listening to The Carpenter's Christmas Portrait. The next song, Follow That Star, starts with a type of march toward the nativity, ending with a beautiful gospel choir arrangement marking the birth of Christ. The mother, holy child, said that he would save us all. It was a great choice by Johanna to include a song that's unfortunately became a forgotten Christmas song. Little Snow Girl by John Gary from his 1963 album, A John Gary Christmas Album, is a song that I was utterly unfamiliar with. A song, as Johanna stated, that was from her childhood and has kept a special place in her heart and her memories. She has paid a tremendous honor to John Gary by including the song on her record. Side note, uh, after this interview I had with Johanna, I had started streaming the John Gary Christmas album, and it's quite good. It's a little hidden treasure of Christmas. Um, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. There's a heartfelt and emotional story told in Warm and Safe, Mary's Lullaby. Shepherds 
Johanna ends her mini album with a pop song telling the jolly old elf that he's not doing his job right. Santa You Screwed Up is a great pop song with great horns and has an easy to sing along melody. It's Christmas time has me looking forward to more music from Johanna Jones. It is a daunting task to put out original Christmas music. So many understandably stick with the standards and the classics. However, Jones's offerings fit nicely into any playlist. They are songs that feel like they've always been a part of Christmas. It's Christmas time is a timeless musical journey through the holidays. And I recommend each and every one of you Look it up on your streaming service of preference and stream it. You won't be disappointed. And if your streaming service allows you, please leave Johanna a five-star review. That helps out more than I can express. Thank you for listening to Christmas Clatter. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Christmas Clatter Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Clatter Podcast. Send us an email at christmasclatterpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at christmasclatterpodcast.com. And as always, remember to keep Christmas hope alive every day. Thank you for listening to the Christmas Podcast Network.